0: It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most
1: important story. The socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. What it means is, is that government controls these through rules and regulations.
0: The latest in politics and world affairs.
1: Under the skies of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapping down the truth
0: today's current opinions and ideas
1: on an equal field in the battle of ideas mistruths or misconceptions is getting us into a world of hurt
0: is it freedom or is it force let's have a conversation
1: indeed let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson show thank you so much for joining us you're each treasured you're valued you have purpose today strive for excellence take care of your heart your soul your mind and your body my friends we were made for this moment and thank you to the team i work with that's producer steve producer joe producer luke zach echo charlie and all the people here at crawford broadcasting happy happy wednesday producer steve
2: well wednesday back at you what we call it hump day uh, at- August
1: nine that it is. It's actually also Wings Day at Hooters restaurants. You buy 20 wings, you get an additional 10 for free. That's for it to go or to dine out. And the girls are coming over tonight, so I will be partaking of that. Oh. And we, we yes, we like the smoked wings because they're half the calories.
2: I just know that whenever you have one of these shindigs, we have an issue on our side of the fence with uh, tear gas.
1: <laughs> Yes, yes, it does get robust Not actually that robust, but it does get robust Because we do talk about news politics and opinion there as well And producer Joe, uh, you are uh, training here Welcome, it's great to have you
3: Hi Kim, thank you for having me
2: He is actually flying the ship right now
1: Is he? I had a feeling he might be flying the ship And uh, so this is, uh, you know, with all the different interviews that I've done with America's Veterans Story, so uh, you've got your instructor there by your side, but you're flying the ship, and this is a big deal, Joe. I'm excited about it.
2: I'm really excited, too. The old adage, learn as you burn, certainly applies here.
1: <laughs> so so as many of you know, Producer Steve is going to retire at the end of the month, and uh we've been quite a team for quite a quite a long time and i will miss you but uh retirement does sound exciting and i'm excited about uh, producer joe taking over so uh you will be missed and um and really appreciate joe stepping up to do this
2: well you know it's funny uh (coughs) a couple different methods here people uh calling in and when i first answer the phone they they jump right into that oh my gosh you're leaving him (laughs) <laughs> and uh, you know some of the messages you have gotten forwarded to me, it's uh, it's humbling.
3: Yeah,
1: it is. You will be missed. That is for sure. So let's continue on. We've got a big show planned for you today. Uh, check out our website. That is KimMunson.com. Uh, sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You'll get first look at our upcoming guests as well as our most recent essays. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com. And thank you to all of you who support us. Uh, I did want to say thank you to Isaac who had sent um, an email, a long email with a lot of information, and I've been ruminating on that. Uh, but I do love to hear from all of you and uh, getting more organized on this. I've had a lot of moving parts, and uh, my goal is is to to really get a handle on these and not let my email inbox uh uh, when um, when we have these little tussles, <clears throat> but the uh, text line is seven two zero six zero five, zero six four seven. Steve, hey, did you uh, want to? Well, say I just something? want to say
2: I need to consult the FCC, uh manuals to see if you can ruminate on the air.
1: <laughs> I think that we can, and I think we had that as a word of the day. Um, but uh, this week, America's Veteran Stories, three to four p.m. on Sunday. It's a great interview with World War II veteran Bill Becker. And uh, he was a, a, a carpetbagger. And I actually had interviewed um, Noel Madison, I think it is. I hope I have that, if I remember right, regarding her father was <clears throat> one, of, one of the carpetbaggers as well. And she'd written a book. But uh, this was um, uh, the, the planes. Were they B-25s? I think they were, Steve. I think they were B-25s. They painted them black. Yep. And they did special operations. And it was late in the war. Uh, But they would drop off either um, supplies or spies or they just they never really knew. They were obviously they flew at night. Yeah,
2: they were direct support of the resistance in any of the occupied country. Now, when you see them in movies or whatnot, it's usually France. But uh, yeah, B-25s flying very low. And I like to you know, jokingly, you know, in my mind's eye. Imagine a French farmer going out to his barn for some reason when it's already dark, and one of these B twenty five goes over at you know a hundred feet or less. What a surprise!
1: Well, didn't he say that one of the uh, one, on one of the missions when they got back that there was um, tree limbs in the the bomb bay that they were so low?
2: Yep, tree tree leaves stuck in the different uh, components of the underside of the aircraft. Yeah, that's yeah, and, that's you know, pretty low. My first impression. Uh, well, listening to tell his story. Now, how many of the guys that we have interviewed, you know, from any of the engagements uh, that the Americans have been in since uh, World War II, it's, it's a lot of battlefield. You know, here I am and my, my, you know, the enemy is 50, 60 yards away type of thing. This type of warfare that uh, Bill Becker was a part of was you know, a different type of warfare in terms mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. flying these aircraft and, you know, and, and his uh, his recollection of They'd be already set to go. The motor, the engines were running, and a black vehicle with all its windows blacked out would pull up, and somebody dressed in black would, you know, would hustle into the plane. You had no idea who they were, and and uh, you never actually talked to them. So it was it was just a very unique type of uh, you know, war effort.
1: Right, and I think that they call them either Joe or Josephine. So uh, so producer Joe uh, realized that uh, that you were famous way back then. Man, it <laughs> feels good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good. Okay, let's get over here to our word of the day. And uh, this headline came across yesterday. And it is uh, the president, uh, let's see, where did I find this? I got to tell you that. Uh, this was from... The Messenger, and it says uh, the title was America's Head Librarian Breaks Silence on Controversial Tweet that Says She's Proud to be a Marxist. And um, members of the GOP are calling for the American Library Association to be defunded. And I, I have to agree with this because what we are doing here in America is we are using tax dollars and so many of these institutions that seem to make sense have really been taken over by, um, Marxists, those with Marxist ideology. And I actually saw this happening right here in Douglas County with our library district many, many years ago. Uh, I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but, um, I saw that radical activists, I think were with agendas, um, Uh, were involved with the the library district here. But uh, apparently, um, she had posted a tweet last year. And of course, it's interesting how they say they said it was dredged up by Republican lawmakers. Uh, And so speaking to NBC News, Emily Drabinsky called the tweet from over a year ago in which she declared herself a Marxist lesbian regrettable. Uh, Drabinsky, 48, took over the, uh, 48 years old, took over the association last month. And members of the GOP are calling for the American Library Association to be defunded. And uh, I, I, I would happen to agree with that uh, because we're using tax dollars that uh, – tax dollars are being used to push agendas. Uh, if you've got – I was in t- a library just the other day, and um, and there are agendas that are being pushed by books that are being selected. So anyway, um, I decided to use that headline as I went to the word of the day, which is Purport. And it could be, oh, number one, to ha- the, as a transitive verb, but to have or present the often false appearance of being or intending, claim, or profess, or as a noun meaning that is presented, intended, or implied, uh, import, or number two, intention or purpose. And so I, this is the sentence, I said, America's head librarian purports that her tweet highlighting that she is a lesbian Marxist will not influence her agenda as the head of the American Library Association. So that is our word of the day. So let's get over here to our quote of the day. And uh, again, you know what, I think I need to finish up the thought on uh, Hooters Restaurants. Today is uh, Wings Day. You buy 20 wings you get an additional 10 for free. They have five locations, Loveland, Aurora, Lone Tree, Westminster, and Colorado Springs. And this special is for to go or to dine in. As I said, the girls are coming over tonight, so we will uh, I will pick those up because the girls do love those. Um, but our, our quote of the day is um, from our, the Medal of Honor quote book that I have from the Center for American Values. would highly recommend that you have this book. In your Freedom Library, and uh, it's so important to learn about these these men that put their lives on the line, uh, and many of them lost their lives even though they were then um, awarded the Medal of Honor. But uh, today, this, um, this quote comes from Jacqueline H. Jack Lucas, United States Marine Corps Medal of Honor recipient, born in 1928, died in 2008. Now get this, he was an American Marine in World War II, was awarded the Medal of Honor at the age of 17 years old as a private first class in Marine Corps during the Battle of Iwo Jima, 17 years old, and this is the citation says, for conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of life above and beyond the call of duty, while serving with the 1st Battalion, 26th Marines, 5th Marine Division, during action against enemy Japanese forces on Iwo Jima, Volcano Islands, 20 February 1945, while creeping through a treacherous, twisting ravine, which ran in close proximity to a fluid and uncertain front line on D-Day, this was D-Day, Iwo Jima, plus one, Private First Class Lucas and three other men were suddenly ambushed by a hostile patrol, which savagely, savagely attacked with rifle fire and grenades, quick to act when the lives of the small group of men were endangered by two grenades, which landed directly in front of them. Private Lucas unhesitantly hurled himself over his comrades upon one grenade and pulled the other under him, absorbing the whole blasting forces of the explosions in his own body in order to shield his companions from the concussion and murderous flying fragments. By his inspiring action and valiant spirit of self-sacrifice, he not only protected his comrades from certain injury or possible death, but also enabled them to rout the Japanese patrol and continue the advance. He exceptionally... Uh, courageous initiative and loyalty ref- reflected the highest credit upon private Lucas and the U S Naval service. So I'm going to stop there. He actually survived. Obviously he was born in 1928 and died in 2008, but Joe, this just kind of takes your breath away. Doesn't it?
3: Absolutely. It does. Like to imagine, imagine doing that at 17. That's insane. You
1: know, imagine really imagine doing that at, at any age, but, uh, This is what he said. Greater love hath hath no man than to lay down his life for his friends. From the Revolutionary War forward, our American servicemen and women have done that in the name of the freedom you enjoy. And uh, my friends, we are engaged in this great battle of ideas that is occurring right now. And as the situation presents itself, sometimes it's just pushing back on something that someone says in a group of people. And I know that it takes courage to do that. But it's also important to do this in a reasonable manner. But you have to have a good grasp of the issues. And that's why we do the show with all these excellent uh, guests is so that you can get your brain around these issues so that as the situation presents itself in the proverbial uh, world out there, you can throw yourself on that grenade and, uh, and, and make a statement. Because this battle of ideas that we are engaged in is so important. And and we've given so much ground. When you realize that the American Library Association is being headed by a Marxist, uh, that should give us pause because Marxists don't like the American idea. They don't like freedom for everyday individuals. Uh, they're all about the collective instead of the sanctity of the individual. And um, the collective and the sanctity of the individual cannot exist in the same space. And that's what we're fighting right now. And uh, so again... <clears throat> This quote, Greater love hath no man to lay down his life for his friends. From the Revolutionary War forward, our American servicemen and women have done that in the name of the freedom you enjoy. And I would highly recommend that you get this uh, this quote book from the Center for American Values, which is located down in Pueblo. And they really are doing two things. One is their beautiful portraits of valor, that they have portraits of over 160 Medal of Honor recipients with these quotes, but also uh, they have these, this whole educational a program, uh, and they're working on and on a new online program as well, to make sure that we understand and pass on to the next next generation these um, values of honor, integrity, and patriotism. And so they're doing great work down there at the Center for American Values. Can you can find them at AmericanValuesCenter.org? So be sure and check that out, and I think you can order the book there as well. Uh, The show comes to you because of sponsors like Roger Mangan and his State Farm Insurance team. He knows that life can be challenging, and it's the Mangan's team's mission to maximize your financial security as you manage the risks of everyday life. Uh, Call Roger Mangan at 303-795-8855 for more information. Like a good neighbor, the Roger Mangan team is there.
3: Most of us have been there. That surprise crunch when you backed into a car in a parking lot or someone rear-ended you at a stoplight? First thing you do is stop and breathe. Second, say a prayer of gratitude that no one was hurt. Third, look for your insurance card. And fourth, be grateful that you have your insurance with Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Agency. You can breathe easier knowing that you can reach the Roger Mangan team 24-7 when you need them. For that Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance peace of mind, call Roger Mangan today at 303-795-8855. That's 303-795-8855.
4: It's Colorado. We want warm homes in the winter and cool, comfortable homes in the summer. Johnny Stubb Services is the heating and air conditioning company to call to ensure that your heating and cooling systems run efficiently and last for years. Johnny Stubb Services' team of experts provide proper guidance to help you make informed decisions about your heating and cooling needs. Kim Munson highly recommends Johnny Stubb Services. Schedule your air conditioning check before summer arrives at johnnystubbservices.com and receive a great gift. That's Johnny Stubb Services
1: Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is KimMunson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And uh, we've got a big show planned for you today. It's uh, Dr. James Lyons-Weiler. We have him on uh, once a month. You know him. You can find him at Substack. His writings uh, at Substack, uh, Popular Rationalism. Uh, Also, he is the founder-creator of IPAC-EDU, which is the Institute for Pure and Applied Knowledge, and he is creating this amazing educational model for the intellectually curious. So, Joe, do we have Dr. Jack? Good morning. Oh, there we are. Dr. James Linesweiler, it is great to have you, and uh, lots happens since uh, we talked last month.
5: Yeah, there is this kind of whiplash that happens if you bother to try to pay attention to everything that's going on. Um, You know, when the world goes off the rails, um, you wake up every morning and hope that maybe there's some, some way to reason and logic, but, you know, when the when the political parties decide to uh, go nuclear around each other, I guess this is what we see, so the, the death throws, the death match that is happening, uh, you know, at, at the executive level, hopefully that'll, that'll be resolved when we get a, a decent resolution to our next election, but uh, good morning to everybody out there in Colorado, I'm excited to talk this morning with you, Kim.
1: Well, and uh, a couple of things. I, I want to talk about this, the um, IPAC-EDU fall semester, and we'll talk with one of the in- instructors, Brad Miller, here, beginning at the second segment. But I had uh, was looking at your um, Substack, Popular Rationalism, and a headline just really just got my attention, and that is, assisted dying laws, can we safely navigate the slippery slope of shifting ethical, it bothers me as well, because physicians are supposed to be helping with life, not with death, but uh, uh, share what you think about this.
5: Yeah, so part of this was motivated by, (laughs) excuse me, a a trend uh, in Western countries um, to, for, for the death with dignity movement to expand beyond cases where, you know, a person knows a family has six weeks to live or four weeks to live and they're in intense pain or something and, you know, the, the writing's on the wall into other conditions that are deemed mental illnesses Uh, In in particular, the example that I used was a a Canadian case uh, of the Medical Assistance in Dying Act in 2016, Um, the the broadening of the scope to include other medical conditions um, solely involving a diagnosis of, of mental illness. In past generations. The sterilization, the forced sterilization and euthanasia of people who were disabled, was recognized as evil. It was a
1: it is evil of
5: the Nazi regime.
1: <clears throat> yes,
5: and the, our medical communities around the world, in the Western world in particular. Uh, are becoming so callous that they are failing to recognize what they're doing and I do believe that this is part of the problem there was recently a paper that discussed terminal anorexia which is it puts everyone with anorexia in the position of wondering what do I have terminal anorexia which makes a mental condition that causes you to have an eating disorder, a terminal condition, as if there is no hope. It destroys hope for people who have mental issues, and it's very offensive to people who have come through these mental conditions um, and, and struggled with these issues, and come out on the other side and they're okay, but they're still struggling with it, and you know it, it really takes the wind out of their sails to say, wait a minute, this is a terminal condition? Because you, you're literally killing hope, when in reality the diagnosis is uh, uh, terminal malnutrition as a sequel of uh, or due to anorexia nerv- nervosa. So there's a paper that used this language, and, and that paper was retracted, thank goodness. But um, part of my uh, motivation for this was this case in Canada of Elisa Pauly. A 47-year-old woman who's suffering from anorexia. She has a mental disorder of some type, and um, she seems to be looking forward to implementation of the new law to expand to include mental illness, where she can mm-hmm. use um, uh, doctor-assisted suicide as a cure for her mental condition. And this is a very dangerous slippery slope. Uh, well, but I want to say this very clearly, and fo- just focus with me for a moment, and. Please, anyone that has mental issues that you're struggling with it, there is help. There is hope. And, and suicide leaves behind a hole, and you're putting your problems on other people, you, on your loved ones, on your friends, your neighbors. There's a loss in this world of you. You are valuable. You are a lovely, beautiful person that has so much to offer. So if the government is willing to sanction physician-assisted suicide because it's a billable service, well, then we've just lost all sense of morality in allopathic medicine. And, you know, there's about a million people in Canada that suffer from anorexia nervosa. And my concern is that, I'm sorry about the throat thing, but my concern is that if she goes through with it, is she going to set an example of people who will follow in a copycat manner again something that is a phenomenon that is known to happen you know we and some people are very afraid to even talk about suicide because they're afraid to give somebody the idea like they don't already know about suicide but if somebody that you look up to as a hero finds a way out of their problem using suicide and then you can just say, well, nobody in the whole world understands what I'm suffering, and so, you know, I'm entitled to this. You, uh, there's a very, very dark area to go to where you, that you when you commit suicide, you're not just rejecting your life, you're rejecting all of humanity, all of the world. And if legally assist, medically assisted, doctor assisted suicide becomes an option for people who literally on the books by physician designation, do not have a brain that works right, that, that doesn't even register in, in any area of ethics for me. That is wrong. And, and we've seen wrongs before, and we fight about wrongs, we, we, fight, we fight against wrongs all the time, but, but that is wrong in a manner that is beyond measure. Let's say you have a teen that's just turned 17, and now because they're depressed, what are they depressed about? Did something happen in our lives? Do they have a need for a greater, more vibrant social network? I mean, the, the whole point is people are going to start going down the slippery slope where it's an easy way out, and there's the government and physicians willing to assist them on mental conditions. I mean, come on, people.
1: Well, <clears throat> you can see this continue to play out that get government involved in this and uh, if, uh, if whoever the powers that be, I mean, you, you take a look at government-run health care at some point in time, and and my friend Dr. Jill, um, back when Obamacare was, was being proposed, she was out on the stump saying that eventually government-run health care runs into rationing. So you could conceivably see that powers that be look at someone and say that that's a drain on the uh, on the system and they don't have that long oh, mean, I mean, you mean,
5: you I, mean you, sorry Kim you mean like they're useless eaters is that what you're talking about that's yeah what they called in Nazi Germany they're useless eaters right I mean let's call it what it is there are financial incentives if you bring financial incentives to dispense with a group of people you're a bad person you're an evil Not you can of course I love you I'm <laughs> you not know, right. suggesting this. But, you, you, you know, you, you fall into that category of bad, you're, you're a bad person. And the other thing is, you know, we like to think, you know, family's a beautiful, loving thing, but there are dysfunctional families where somebody who is mentally frail, somebody who's just on the edge might be pushed over the edge for financial reasons by their loved ones. They could use the system to manipulate their problem out of their lives. And they're, 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 they're problematic family members out of their lives because it's a, they consider it a burden. I'm sorry, people. We are we're in this boat together. We have, all we have is each other. We You know, we have to rely on each other. And, 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 and so people would do this to say, you know what, are we going to have this conversation? Mom's got dementia. Do we put her in a nursing home or do we we'll talk to the doctor about physician-assisted suicide for her? Is that suicide? That, that, that kind of discussion is the slippery slope that we're talking about 15 years from now, okay? So you have to stop it now because otherwise we are going to get to the point where euthanizing grandma seems like a good decision for the family. And this is not who we are. This is not who we are by any means. And so, we, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I treat this with kid gloves in the, in the article because I really want to encourage discourse and discussion about this, but, you know, my position on it is pretty clear. There's also a video by um, of an interview, a, a YouTube video, and uh, for people who are suffering from uh, anorexia nervosa, I include a list of therapies that have been proven effective to help people pull themselves out of anorexia nervosa. Do you see the difference? Pull themselves out. We need an empowering medical system where. You're not dependent on the doctor for a pharmaceutical drug to get through your day. You're not dependent on the doctor to show you a path towards wellness. You can pull yourself out of mental illness with the help of things like cognitive behavioral therapy and family-based therapy, you know, bringing in people and there's something called dialectic behavioral therapy and interpersonal psychotherapy and nutritional counseling and medication. And my concern is that many of these medical conditions that we call mental illnesses are really caused by autoimmunity and inflammation of the brain. There, there can be autoimmunity in parts of your brain that are not working. Maybe there's a biological solution to this, a biological treatment to this, biological therapy. And so well, you know, we have to have the discussion uh, now so that people who need help now don't start clamoring for physician-assisted suicide, and then bring a whole army of people into the doctor's office waiting to die by injection.
1: Boy, uh, and yes, this is a slippery slope, and uh, I it really I mean it, I think it's fundamental: does a society value life or does it value death? Now we certainly have had these questions, but but just because someone is, you know, has some challenges, whether or not it's, you know, mental or, or physical challenges, we always want to preach, preach, I should use the word, but, but, but hope we, we want, we want to talk about hope instead of hopelessness and, um, and, 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 I think that that's what's so important. So I I just I thank you. I wanted to have this discussion with you because it's such an important piece, and you can find uh, Dr. James Linesweiler at Popular Rationalism at Substack, but we're going to talk about IPAC-EDU um, and all of the, this is so creative what you have come up with is to to um, match people that are intellectually curious with amazing instructors at a very affordable price. So we're going to talk, uh, talk more about that Uh, when we come back, and uh, we are having these important discussions because of great sponsors, and one of those is Dr. Jack and IPAC-EDU. I know each and every one of my sponsors personally, and uh, if you need their goods or services, knowing that you will be working with them, you'll work work with people that uh, strive for excellence and care about you, I greatly appreciate each and every sponsor.
0: Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has nearly 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. Karen Levine works to protect your property rights at the local, county, state, and national level. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Working with realtor Karen Levine helps you navigate through the process of buying or selling your home. Call Karen Levine to help you buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. A recent
6: report notes that the number of children diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder is consistently and dramatically increasing. This is heartbreaking. If your child or grandchild or someone you know has been diagnosed with autism or ADHD following exposure to Tylenol or acetaminophen during pregnancy, call Boson Law at 303-999-9999. Boson Law is a Colorado-based law firm who has been fighting big pharma for over 20 years. Call now at 303 999 for a free, no-obligation review of your potential claim. Call now at 303-999-9999.
1: Stay up to date on issues in public health and science by signing up and reading Dr. James Lyons-Weiler's latest articles at Popular Rationalism on Substack. Find more information about Popular Rationalism at KimMunson.com. i'm kim munson be sure and check out our website that is kim munson dot com. sign up for our weekly email newsletter you can email me at kim at kim munson.com as well thank you to all of you who support us we're an independent voice we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force force versus freedom if something's a good idea you shouldn't have to force people to do it and wednesday our bumper music is these Big, great westerns, and I just love it. And I think it's good for middle of the week to uh, to just have these great this great music. On the line with me is Dr. James Lines-Weiler. Uh You know him. He is the founder of IPAC-EDU, and IPAC is the Institute for Pure and Applied Knowledge. And as we've gone through this, uh, the reaction to COVID, Dr. Jack realized that it's important to. Uh, offer courses for those that are intellectually curious. And so this is amazing uh, what you're doing, Dr. Jack, and I know you're preparing for the fall semester here.
5: Yeah, thank you. So we are have two this is our third year of uh, offering courses online and we've created a community. We've had over 1,000 participants come through our various courses. Uh, and obviously if you sign up for our courses uh, any individual course that you're interested in you're very likely to run into people who are interested in the same thing so it's a great source of sustaining community for a lot of people who otherwise might not ever meet each other it's really fascinating um, and uh, this includes um, amazing instructors wonderful thoughtful creative insightful instructors um, so you know the 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 fall lineup is outstanding, and the number one, number one complaint that we have is that we have too many good courses to choose from.
6: <laughs> most,
1: people, that. most
5: people who are, most people who are, uh, you know, forty to eighty might be able to pull off doing one course a week. But we do have some people that pull off two courses a week, and you can always catch the video if you have to miss a lecture for a given week or miss a discussion period for for a given week.
1: Well, and the courses are super affordable. And so here you have amazing instructors at a really affordable price, and it depends um, on the course and how long it is. But you know, typically it's less than two hundred, less than one hundred and eighty dollars for twelve to fifteen weeks. Are you are you keeping the price around that? That, uh, Doctor Jack?
5: Yeah, that's right. Where they are, so it averages about twelve dollars um, per class period, which, you know, try to run Harvard University. On $12 per class period, you can't do it. <laughs> now, we don't offer any degrees, but our course material is on par uh, with any. I will put our courses against any of the Ivy League courses, any of the major research university courses, you know, and, and the, 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 the community response has been outstanding. Um, I had uh, 140 students. Uh, take one course with Dr. Brownstein on holistic wellness, holistic approaches to wellness. Uh, he's a medical doctor in um, Michigan, Dr. David Brownstein. That's a very popular course. And then personally, I had 107 students take a course on immunology. And those, many of those students went on to take a course on autoimmunity. And when I teach a course, and when we teach courses, our instructors go all out. I mean, you're getting immunology, not just an overview, okay, this is kind of what immunology is, you're understanding all of the moving pieces from the cells that are involved to the signaling molecules that are involved to the tissues that are involved and, you know, we really don't hold back and, uh, you know, a and response actually to have to find 107 people who are not seeking a degree who want to understand immunology as well as they did Um, and you know, this semester coming in from September until December, we also, if you ever really wanted to understand genetics, we have a full course in, in classical and modern genetics. Um, I'm teaching evolutionary biology for the first time in 20 years, um, and that's going to be a lot of fun uh, to understand the principles of the dynamic processes and evolution. And uh, we have just, you know, go to the website ipac-edu.org. Look under the registration bar, and you'll see just these amazing courses. And this is just our fall offering. We also offer courses, follow-up courses in the summer, follow-up courses next spring. And so, like I said, it's a it's a source of community for many
7: people.
1: It is it is truly truly amazing, and I'm really excited to have on the line with us Brad Miller, uh, who will be teaching a course. Uh, called Literature literature as Resistance, Recognizing, Unmasking, and Count, uh, Countering Totalitarian Tendencies. And that will start in September. It's on Thursday evenings, which I want to sign up for the course. However, Dr. Jack, I have a conflict. So for people that have a course that they, they want to take, but if they have a conflict, uh, you have a remedy for that, correct?
5: Yeah, absolutely. The instructors uh, upload the video and then send it out. To the participants. So, good morning, Brad. How are you? Do we have Brad?
1: Yeah, we do have Brad, and I'll, I'll just give a quick description. Uh, Brad is a former commander of the 101st Airborne Division of the U.S. Army, and he left the armed forces due to the COVID 19 injection mandates. So, Brad Miller, he's a former lieutenant colonel in the Army and was a battalion commander. So, Brad, welcome. Hello. Okay, Thanks for we, having me on today. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I have to ask you, how did you get to know Dr. Jack? So
8: we had a, uh, a mutual contact who uh, put us into contact with each other, probably six or seven weeks ago.
1: And uh, this is pretty amazing, what uh, your journey, uh, because when. Um, at the time, the Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, in August 2021, announced the military vaccine mandate, and you refused the vaccine, and you were relieved of your command. So, tell us about that, um, Brad.
8: Yeah, that's correct. So, I was a, I was a battalion commander in the 101st Airborne Division in the summer of 2021 when the uh, the COVID 19 vaccine mandate went into effect. Um, for me, I was I was never going to go along with the. The vaccine. I just did not, you know, I would never believe, I would never concede that it was safe or effective or necessary in any regard. So I personally did not want to take it, but I also, being in a position of command over others, I did not want to force my subordinates who might not want to take it to take it against their will. So, uh, long story short, I was relieved of my battalion command position. And then a couple of months later, once I realized that uh, the Department of Defense was not going to walk this back, then I just went ahead and resigned, and I, I just realized that, unfortunately, um, notwithstanding the length of service that I, that I had in the military at that time, which is about 19 years, I just felt like I could not uh, continue in service, not because I have anything against the institution per se, but, um, but I had a lot of heartburn with the, the leadership of the Department of Defense, and so I decided to take off the uniform because I felt at that time, and I still believe this, that I could do far more in service to the country out of uniform than in uniform
1: well brad i 'm very concerned about and we look at recruitment numbers for our military, and our military is is there to defend uh, america and i 'm concerned about our military readiness um, recruitment num- uh, it's, numbers are are down why now at, now that we 're into uh, 2023, with recruitment numbers down so much, it, it seems like it would make sense to uh, all of the, the military that was relieved of their, their commands, relieved of their positions because of refusing the jab. It would seems like it would make sense to bring, bring everybody back. What do you think?
8: So that would make sense if strategic readiness and defense of the nation were the top priorities. I think at this point we have to question whether or not that is true because the uh, the actions that we see the Department of Defense taking would not lead one to conclude the defense of the nation, you know, defense of the homeland, and um, and readiness are their actual priorities. Uh,
1: that should strike uh, should I, I was going to say terror, but that that is very scary. I think a lot of people that are enjoying the freedom that we have living our lives, they don't realize the danger, danger that uh, America is in right now, Brad.
8: Yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree. I think a lot of, I think a lot of Americans, there are a variety of thoughts out there. But I think even with what we've gone through the last couple of years, unfortunately, I think a lot of Americans are being lulled back into a false sense of security. They think that this is, this is all behind us. Now, I, I do believe that there are plenty of reasons to be optimistic, don't get me wrong. But for me, optimism presupposes that someone uh, has a, a full appraisal of what's actually going on. if you don't understand just how bad things are or it can get, then it's not optimism, it's just naivete. So while I do believe that there are plenty of reasons for us to be hopeful, we have to be realistic about what we've gone through and, and kind of where we are now and just how easily we – can see our freedom slip away if we're not vigilant.
1: So that's why I think this course, it's a fascinating title for your course. That's going to begin September 7th, Eastern Time. It's going to be about an hour and a half. And... Um, which is Thursday evenings and literature as resistance, recognizing, unmasking, and countering totalitarian tendencies. So, is this going to to give people tools to push back on on what we're seeing in our um, in our communities that, that is happening?
8: Yes, but the the number one tool that we hope that people can take away from this is just a more informed worldview. And the way that we're going to go about achieving that is by doing something that, unfortunately, uh, a lot of Americans probably don't do as much as they should, and that is read. So what we're going to do is we're going to take some of these books that have almost become known as like the, the canon of dystopian literature, if you will. Your uh, That would be your, your 1984, your, your Brave New World, your Fahrenheit 451, some of these novels that a lot of Americans are at least nominally familiar with and perhaps have even read one or two of these, but they might have done it in the past, and they may have an understanding of the narrative of the story. But what we're going to do is... We're going to go through and dig into these, look at some of the insights and some of the common themes that we can take, compare and contrast some of the uh, dystopian visions posited by the various authors, et cetera, and then we're going to use those to come out with a more informed worldview, but also as an interpretive lens to kind of look at what we're dealing with in, um, in society right now and then realize, are we seeing things beneath the surface that just based on some of these novels, some of which are 100 years old, um, may clue us in that there's, there's more beneath the surface than we might otherwise see. And we have to be aware of that, and we have to move in this direction rather than that direction.
1: Well, I think this is going to be fascinating. Again, this is at IPAC-EDU, and this course will be on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And um, we'll continue the dis- discussion with both uh, Brad Miller and Dr. Jack uh, here in just a moment. But uh, I did want to mention the USMC Memorial Foundation, which is loc- and they are raising the money for the Marine Memorial Remodel out at Sixth and Colfax. And uh, as we're talking with um, former commander of the 101st Airborne, Brad Miller, we, we really need to honor those that have been willing to give their lives or given their lives uh, so that we live in freedom. And a great way to honor them is to help with this remodel. You can do that by going to USMCMemorialFoundation.org. That's USMCMemorialFoundation.org. And uh, the show comes to you because of great sponsors like Dr. Jack and IPAC-EDU and also Lauren Levy
3: knowledge is power a reverse mortgage can be an important financial tool for individuals 62 and older it is essential to understand the process so that all your questions are answered with nearly 20 years in the mortgage industry Lauren levy with polygon Financial Group has the experience to answer your questions Lauren understands that each financial transaction is personal if you'd like to explore your options on a reverse mortgage remodel your home buy a rental property or or move. Call Lorne Levy at 303-880-8881. Kim Munson highly recommends Lorne Levy for all your mortgage needs. Call Lorne at 303-880-8881.
2: You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com.
3: Springtown Firearms, staff and customers alike are concerned with your safety and ability to shoot well. And that comes from the sense of community that they foster at their shop. The staff doesn't work on commissions from sales, so there won't be any pressure to buy what you don't need. They host events like Ladies' Night every first Friday and a Tactical Fun Night every third Friday because they value their community and they understand that selling the most expensive product doesn't help you learn to shoot. Your money goes further at Franktown because they'd rather you to be self-sufficient with what you already own and be proficient in using it. If you're looking for a range and shop that can take you to the next level in your self-defense training, learn how to shoot in realistic scenarios from instructors who have been there, done that. Then look no further than Franktown Firearms. Go to klzradio.com/franktown. Franktown Firearms. Where friends are made.
1: And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And uh, on the line with me is Dr. James Weiler. He is the founder of IPAC-EDU. That's uh, Institute for Pure and Applied Knowledge-EDU.org. And uh, we're talking about the fall courses uh, that we'll be starting here shortly. And then um, Brad Miller is on the line as well. And he is a former commander of the 101st Airborne. And um, Brad, I just have to mention, in 2016, I went to Normandy with four... Uh, D-Day veterans that um, uh, for the uh, eighty excuse me the seventy-second anniversary of the D-Day landings, and one of the guys was a paratrooper with 101st Airborne, and that's where I um, uh, really created a great love for the 101st. And so I just wanted to let you know that.
8: Well, well, thank you. I appreciate you saying that.
1: Yeah. So Dr. Jack uh, over at ipac-edu.org. I love what you have. You say it, 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 on this, in today's world, knowledge is a force multiplier. Knowledge is power. Learn for yourself, learn for your family, and learn for your society. So I will be signing up for Brad Miller's course. And uh, I may have to just do do that... Um, you know, via the uh, after it is posted because I have a conflict. But if you don't have a conflict and are in the cor- uh, courses, what's so amazing, Dr. Jack, is there's actually interaction be- between the instructor and the students and the other students, which is it's just a, a great thing. I mean, friendships are being forged, correct?
5: Absolutely. Now that you've had the pleasure of having to have a, a, a brief discussion with Brad here, uh, you can see why. You know, he's the perfect, perfect candidate to put this course together. Uh, this is not going to be a uh, series of lectures by Brad on these by any means. So the, the students themselves, the participants, uh, are going to be able to uh, weigh in on their views and opinions on, on the materials in these books. And we didn't really, didn't really talk much about the specific readings, but Aldous Huxley's Brave New World, uh, 1984, George Orwell, and others that are of that same ilk that people just probably haven't heard about. um, The cool thing is uh, that people will be able to try out their uh, skill at thinking about these issues, hear other people talking about them, a variety of opinions and positions, and then get practiced at talking about it themselves in a way that really matters.
1: Because Dr. Jack, we have got to engage in this battle of ideas that is raging. We have given up so much ground under the guise many years ago of political correctness, and uh, by just not saying something. But meanwhile, while while we weren't saying anything, the radical activists had been. Capturing the narrative and taking over institutions, taking over education. And then Americans are now looking at this going, What happened? Well, it's because we've given up ground in this battle of ideas, Dr. Jack.
5: Yeah, you look at this long enough, you start seeing connections. For instance, the earlier discussion about the lack of enrollment in the military. What if the problems that we see, autism, neurodevelopmental disorders, That we can rightfully attribute to increasing exposures to toxins in our environment and in our medicines uh, are responsible for destroying the capacity of an entire generation of Americans. You mentioned, you know, that that that, that should strike fear in the hearts of people. It really should strike motiv. right? I agree, That it should strike motivation, and that's, I think, what you're saying, um, to do something, and that's the whole point of IPAC EDU. You're going to be on a better, farmer ground. Uh, to make your stand and advocate for changes in programs and policies even at at your local school district or within your family. Uh, People have told me that our forces have actually changed their lives and their relationships with their family because they're better able to say what they they feel and say what they think.
1: Well I and you know what I think that that is a journey uh, that I was on. I I I would say I went through an angry period as, as I was starting to 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 see these things in education and kids come home and and I I just couldn't put my finger on it and so I since I didn't understand the issues I couldn't really articulate it and so it was it, it's been a real journey to get to this point to actually have reasonable conversations which reasonable conversations are the only thing that will really move the needle and it actually is, Is I think it's better for our health as, as well, uh, Dr. Jack.
5: Yeah, it's kind of, I'm kind of amazed that we have someone like Brad doing this course as well because he really, he put his money where his mouth is. He did not tell you that he was just a few months away from enjoying full pension. He's made a sacrifice. Brad has made a sacrifice for standing firm on what he knew was right um, that I think very few of us can, can actually relate to. Personal experience, so I want to reserve any of the time that we have left for you to chat with Brad, if that's all right.
1: Okay, great, thanks, Doctor Jack. Oh, uh, one other quick question, though: uh, Is there a discount for Kim Munson Show listeners?
7: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, yeah, just put in the code M O, yeah, your last name. Yep, your last name, Kim.
1: Okay, M O N S O N S, and you will receive a discount on these very reasonably priced courses as it is. So. Uh, Brad, we've got just a couple of minutes left, but uh, 101st Airborne, courage, but sometimes the courage isn't uh, jumping out of uh, of airplanes. Uh, sometimes courage is, as Dr. Jack said, putting your money where your mouth is. What a, what a decision. You're just a few months away from retirement, um, but you made this decision, and that takes a lot of courage, uh, Brad Miller.
8: Well, thank you. I appreciate you saying that, and that is true. So when I when I walked away in September of last year, I was at 19 years, three months, and 15 days of active service. But you're right. Um, you know, physical courage and, and moral courage are two different things. Now, a lot of times they, they go together, and both of them are extremely important, but they are, are not necessarily the same the same thing.
1: And right now, people are being really faced with having this moral courage and uh, the reaction to COVID and the coercion and the force. Uh, Brad, I never thought that it would be a, an act of courage for me to walk into a grocery store without a mask, but it was. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it was just such a crazy time. We've got about a minute left. How would you like to finish this up, Brad? Brad?
8: Yeah, I would think that a lot of what that is that we're seeing is uh, is called moral injury, and I think that our nation and our military are suffering from moral injury. And I've actually written about this at my own Substack, which is called Ideas and Actions, in a piece called Moral Injury, which people can find at my name, just bradmiller10.substack.com.
1: Okay. And uh, our quote for the end of the show, I, I pulled a Patrick Henry, which it'll be just so uh, appropriate Uh, for this. But again, your course will be on uh, beginning on September 7th, and uh, people can sign up at IPAC-EDU, and it is called Literature as Resistance, Recognizing, Unmasking, and Countering Totalitarian Tendencies. And again, uh, Brad Miller, I so appreciate your courage, uh, your moral courage, and also your physical courage uh, with the 101st Airborne. And uh, so thank you, and I will be signing up for your course. And uh, Dr. Jack also, it's great to have him. And uh, go to ipac-edu.org for a full repertoire of all of the classes. Our quote for the end of the show, I went to Patrick Henry, and he said this. He said, we are not weak if we make proper use of those means which the God of nature has placed in our power. The battle, sir, is not to the strong alone. It is to the vigilant, the active, and the brave. So, my friends, today be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. Stay tuned for hour number two.
7: Wandering out into this great unknown. And I don't want no one to cry, but tell them if I don't serve.
0: Analyzing the most important story.
1: The socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. What it means is, is that government controls these through rules and regulations.
0: The latest in politics and world affairs.
1: Under the skies of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapping down the truth.
0: Today's current opinions and ideas.
1: On an equal field, in the battle of ideas, mistruths or misconceptions is getting us into a world of hurt.
0: Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation.
1: Indeed, let's have a conversation. And welcome to hour number two of The Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured and valued. You have purpose. Today's drive for excellence take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And thank you to the team I work with that's producer Steve, producer Joe, producer Luke, Zach, Echo, Charlie, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. So, producer Joe, you got the first hour under your belt. How do you feel?
3: Yes, ma'am. There was a couple of hiccups, but I feel still pretty good.
1: (laughs) Well, it's live radio, and and there's always going to be hiccups, and uh, so great. And producer Steve, uh, it's got to be interesting to be the instructor and um, having somebody behind the board uh, teaching them on what to do, right?
2: Well, you know, they no longer do uh, driver's ed in schools, but it makes me think of driver's ed when I was in school and what it was like for that person to sit on the right side of the vehicle, (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know what? I It's so funny you would say driver's ed in school because uh, when we were taking driver's ed, um, our instructor was, was a teacher, and we'd always have to drop by his house, and he'd go in for a little bit. And we as kids finally thought, you know, he might be going in and getting some um, – uh, some, um, some liquid strength, uh, with all of us that were behind the, behind the wheel. I know, I don't know that for sure, but we always kind of laughed about that. So, uh, anyway, check out our website. That's kimmunson.com. That's m-o-n-s-o-n.com. And it, again, uh, signing up at ipac-edu for the fall courses. If you put in Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N, you will get a discount. Uh, so be sure and do that. Uh, sign up for our weekly email newsletter you will get first look at our upcoming guests as well as our most recent essays. That comes out on Sundays. You can email me at kim at kimmunson.com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Uh, Text line is 720-605-0647. Call in line is 303-477-5600. We will take call ins at the end end of um, the show the last segment but let's get right into it for our word of the day and uh, as i mentioned in the first hour there is a headline that the um, the uh, americas uh, head librarian breaks her silence on her controversial tweet that said she's proud to be a marxist And uh, so um, I took the word purport and as a transitive verb, it says to have or present the often false appearance of being or intending claim or profess as a noun, meaning that is presented, intended or implied import synonym is substance or intention Of purpose, but I was over on the transitive verb side. It says, America's head librarian purports that her tweet highlighting that she is a lesbian Marxist will not influence her agenda as the head of the American Library Association. And um, Marxism and the American idea cannot exist in the same space because it's uh, really how the individual is viewed. And the American idea. Uh, is the sanctity of the individual, that all men are created equal, and that each of us has these rights from God of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. The Marxist looked at, looks at the individuals as um, part of a big group or part of a collective, and those two things really cannot exist in the same space. I Joe a, or Steve? I have a Steve. question. Okay.
2: All right. Why? And I know the answer, but I'm going to you know, Why do you ask questions We already have the answer for? Why is the fact that you know, the lesbian component of that why does it have to be told? I mean, her political direction is one thing. But why, uh, you know, why do I have to put it in everyone's face that I am a lesbian?
1: Right. And, and that, that is such an important question because uh, I, I really don't want to know. I don't care what people, grown people Do uh, that's not my business in in their bedrooms, and I don't really don't want to know. Why is that 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 has become a main identifier for people? And so at the end of the show, when I say you know think about great ideas, you know we need to be. Thinking about the, the the big ideas of life, why are we here, and and you know the, the understand this great American idea that we have, um, but when we see there that there's now a complete flag for this celebrating carnal desires, and then in fact the White House put that flag at a um, more prominent spot than the American flag. Uh, connect all these dots to uh, Marxism that. And and Marxism and the American idea cannot exist in the same space at the same time. And so that is why it is important to get your brain around these issues, uh, take a course at IPAC-EDU, and so that we understand what is really going on. I did want to share our quote of the day, and (laughs) uh, if you missed it in hour hour number one, you will want to uh, listen in um, the 1 to 2 p.m. hour today. Uh, for this citation of Jack Lucas, United States Marine Corps, Medal of Honor. He was born in 1928. He died in 2008. And he was an American Marine in World War II, was awarded the Medal of Honor at the age of 17 as a private first class in the Marine Corps during the Battle of Iwo Jima. It was actions that he took on uh, the Battle of Iwo Jima D-Day plus one, so the second day. And he said this, Greater love hath no man than to lay down his life for his friends. From the Revolutionary War forward, our American servicemen and women have done that in the name of the freedom you enjoy. And it uh, does take my breath away. And I don't think I finished the thought in the first hour. Are the Bible verse to whom much is given, much is required? We have been given this amazing gift of liberty, and it is important that we preserve it and pass it on to the next generation. And we do this because we engage in the battle of ideas. We get to do that because of great sponsors. I know each and every one of them personally, and I have Lauren Levy on the line. He is a an expert in the mortgage arena. Uh, Lauren Levy, welcome.
9: Hey, good morning, Kim.
1: And I so appreciate you. You are a sponsor of both the Kim Munson Show and America's Veterans Stories. And we have another World War II veteran that we will be highlighting this Sunday, 3 to 4 p.m. on America's Veterans Stories. So thank you for that. Um, Lauren, uh, interest rates, um, I've heard rumblings that they're going to go up again a, a little. What are you hearing?
5: It's
9: kind of a floating situation right now. They went up a little bit. After the Fed raised, you know, a week ago or so, uh, crossed back over into the sevens. And then the 10-year U.S. Treasury, which we talked about as being a loose tie to mortgage rates, got up to about 4.1%. But in the last couple of days when the stock market's had some issues, the 10-year Treasury closed, I think, at 397 yesterday, and mortgage rates pulled back a little bit, which was nice to see. So uh, we're in this, like, floating range here right now for a bit until we get some more clarity from the Fed as to what they're going to do next
1: okay well there is opportunity there and there's creativity if people are wanting to buy a home uh, in the mortgage arena and you work with a number of different lenders which I think is is great because you're not representing just one lender and constricted by that uh, you can can work with a lot of different lenders and really I think help people out
9: that's right and you know we are seeing programs you know something that's been going on for probably the last year now is these rate buy downs where a buyer and seller get together and agree on a price and agree that the seller will help on a temporary basis pay for the buyer to have a lower rate for a year or two or up to three years. Um, and, you know, they, they start at a higher rate, and they have a lower rate for the first couple years. And that helps them get in the house and get stabilized. And the thought being that if rates drop in the next year or two, they could refinance to a lower rate. So I just hit on that for the creativity aspect that you mentioned. There is creativity, there is ways, to get lower rates at least on a temporary basis to get people into homes. So, as always, I would just say to call and you know let's have a discussion about what options are out there.
3: Okay, and then one
1: other thing with here in Colorado with property values uh, high, and of course I'm concerned about that. From a tax standpoint, and we are having discussions about uh, property taxes. I really think that we we need to have property tax reform and simplification here in Colorado. But but a positive with the values up so high is that those on fixed income, sixty two or, years or older, could do a reverse mortgage. And just just give us the the. the I mean, I it's kind of unbelievable to me that it's tax free money. Um, but I'm, yeah. I'm concerned and people think that that upon their death that the bank just takes it, takes it over. So explain that just a little bit.
9: Yeah, so for those 62 and over, if there is enough equity in the home, um, you know the first thing that a reverse mortgage will do will come in and pay off the current mortgage if there is one. But then homeowners have an opportunity to stay in their home forever as long as they you know pay their property taxes and homeowners insurance. Um, and they can get a lump sum of money. They can get a pension the rest their lives. They can get an equity line if they want to use at their own leisure down the road. Um, there's different types of opportunities within reverse mortgages for the right situation, and all the money that comes out of them are ta- is tax-free, so you don't get a 1099, and uh, it's, a, it's a good loan for a lot of people.
1: So, Lauren, let's say that someone, and, and great, that they, they live a long time. What if they outlive that equity on their home of their reverse mortgage what happens
9: so like you mentioned the bank is just a lien on the house they never take ownership of the home so if someone outlives the home and either goes into assisted living or nursing home or something or passes away the family if they want the home actually has the right to get an appraisal and buy the home for 95 percent of the appraised value so they get a five percent discount but if they don't have any interest in the home they're not stuck with any upside down equity. There is no recourse to the family. The bank just takes the keys and the bank sells the property and would take the loss in that situation and um, use the insurance of the FHA loan, which all reverses our FHA loans, the insurance would cover the loss for the bank. And so there is no recourse to the family. The bank does not take ownership of the house unless it gets foreclosed on, which would require, you know, Uh, taxes not being paid or insurance not being paid or the house going into disarray, but typically that doesn't happen. So the family keeps the house and if they want it down the road, they can buy it or pay off the mortgage at any point in time.
1: Okay. So I just want to clarify. So let's say that someone, uh, outlives the, the, the reverse mortgage. So, um, so they've, they've taken, I've got to figure this out then. So, um,
9: so they may have, they may owe 550000 on a $500,000 house. So they're upside down is what you're okay.
1: saying. Okay, Right. So, but yet they, so have they continued to take money out of the house? I, I,
9: I, yeah. As long as if they're, uh, if they've taken a lump sum, then they won't get any more money. They just never make payments. So the okay. payments they're not making are just stacking on top of each other. But if they've chosen to, let's say, get $1,000 a month for the rest of their life, and the house becomes upside down. They still keep getting that thousand for the rest of their life, and then it gets okay. settled out at the end.
1: Okay, got it. So let's say then that um, that they have taken more out than than the um, the reverse mortgage. Does the family still have that option to buy the house at ninety five percent, even at that?
9: Yep. Yep. Of the appraised value, not of what's owed. So there could be still money that the bank is short at that time. If the house is worth five hundred. You know they could buy the house for 475, and uh, and the bank still is owed 550. The insurance would cover that difference. Okay, so and the family would not be out of that money.
1: Okay, but the taxpayer basically, because it's FHA, the taxpayer is the one that would be making up that difference. Then, am I getting that right?
9: Well, yeah, it, it goes into a huge fund. So there is a fee in the beginning of a reverse mortgage that goes into an insurance fund. It's two percent of the value of the home and it pays into a large insurance fund so the fund pays that shortfall now if you said to me what happens if the fund runs out of money then yes the taxpayer would be on the hook but that hasn't happened the fund the fund is fine
1: okay okay gosh I know these are really uh, detailed questions but I I think it's important that people understand that and then also it just shows Lauren you know all the ins and outs on these reverse mortgages so if people uh, are considering that it doesn't cost anything to give you a call what's that phone number 303-880-8881.
9: 303 880 8881.
1: Again, that's Lauren Levy, 303 880 8881, and he can help you with anything regarding mortgages. Lauren, thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week.
9: You got it. Thank you, Kim.
1: My, I always learn something, and uh, Lauren Levy is so knowledgeable in the whole mortgage arena. Uh, And I work with amazing sponsors. Another one of those is the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team, and they can create personalized insurance plans to cover all your needs, from protection for your cars to your home, condo, boat, motorcycle business, and renter's coverage. Contact the Roger Mangan team now at 303-795-8855 for a complimentary appointment. Like a good neighbor, the Roger Mangan's team is there.
3: Most of us have been there. That surprise crunch when you backed into a car in a parking lot or someone rear-ended you at a stoplight? First thing you do is stop and breathe. Second, say a prayer of gratitude that no one was hurt. Third, look for your insurance card. And fourth, be grateful that you have your insurance with Roger Manigan State Farm Insurance Agency. You can breathe easier knowing that you can reach the Roger Manigan team 24-7 when you need them. For that Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance peace of mind, call Roger Mangan today at 303-795-8855. That's 303-795-8855.
0: Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has nearly 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. Karen Levine works to protect your property rights at the local, county, state, and national level. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Working with realtor Karen Levine helps you navigate through the process of buying or selling your home. Call Karen Levine to help you buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with RE/MAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516.
2: You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of the Kim Monson show but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot <laughs>
1: Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. and Something's a good idea. You should not have to force people to do it. And I uh, did want to mention Jansen Photography located out in Lakewood, Colorado. They have a beautiful property there. And uh, Glenn Jansen uh, works magic with the camera, and uh, of course, Mary jansen uh, runs the the front office on on all that. but the they they specialize in portraits of uh, families, of children, senior portraits. That senior student uh, needs to be making that appointment so that they're Photographs will be ready for the yearbook. And, of course, everybody needs good photos for their political and business career. And Jansen Photography can help you with that. That's JansenPhotography.com, J-A-N-S-S-E-N, Photography.com, so be sure and check that out. It is Wednesday, so that means it is a Trent Loose Wednesday. And Trent is on every week. Uh, we, we started to have uh, interviews, and he said, Kim, Colorado is in trouble. We need to be talking about these issues that are facing... Uh, rural Colorado, rural America, and connect the dots that people in the urban areas understand that that's where our food and energy comes from. So Trent Luce, he's a sixth-generation farmer and rancher from Nebraska. Welcome to the show.
5: Hi, Kim. Remember where we met in person?
1: I do. That was out at the stock show.
5: Right. Yes. And there's going to be a big announcement today from the National Western, and it just dawned on me as you're walking through that, that we could create, you and I could create a tremendous interface between the people that listen and want to know more about where their food's coming from and the people who are producing food, and we could organize a couple of broadcasts from the National Western downtown, or not downtown, north of uh, just about downtown, Denver 2024. January sixth to the twenty first. I, I just well, I have a vision.
1: Well, we could do, um, we can definitely do that. I've got this rig that I can uh, bring, and we could definitely do that. So let's make that happen. So I got a rig too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your rig looks different Your than my probably rig. Probably better than my
5: rig. No, my <laughs> rig is simple. It gets a job done. Here's are rig of bells and whistles and everything else. <laughs>
1: Uh, most definitely. And I, I should mention that, well, I'll mention, I'm going to mention this. Okay. U.S. Constitution Week, uh, which will be in mid-September at uh, in, in Grand Lake, it is a whole week celebrating the Constitution. I have emceed the main event. I think this is going to be my ninth year. And uh, you should try to come. It, it's uh, it's pretty amazing. But I will take my rig, and uh, I will be up there. So, What's the day? It will be That's the seventeenth. Yeah, Constitution Day is the seventeenth. Uh, the big event will be on Saturday the sixteenth.
5: Oh, okay, maybe. Think
1: Think about that. Okay, Trent. I, I um, I'm available. I know you're a busy guy. Are you in Nebraska right now? You someplace else?
5: I am in Nebraska right now. I'm about ready to head to North Dakota. Maybe today, okay. maybe tomorrow. Since see how things goes. There's some new developments that I'm going to be chasing uh, coming from tribal entities and uh, nobody's talking about this Kim and I'll have more details next week when we talk about this but the tribes of America are buying property all across this country at an unprecedented pace and apparently there's a ton of money uh, going into Las Vegas properties all coming back to tribes and the, uh, a friend of mine, the late Wayne Hage from Nevada, who fought the federal government, first person to really win in a property rights battle against the federal government, the, he has passed, his family no longer is part of the ranch, the Pine Creek Ranch, and <clears throat> that, that property sold to a tribal entity from South Dakota. There's something happening with tribal entities acquiring property, and I'm going to get on top of
0: that.
1: Interesting. Very, very interesting. Talk about full circle. That is very interesting. I wanted to ask you, we had Dr. James Lyonsweiler on in the first hour. He's on every month. And talking about toxins in our, our food sources, and this is a big subject, and I know that you know Dr. Jack. And I do. I, I'm, I am concerned about toxins in our, our food. I'm also concerned, though, that uh, it's it's... I don't think it's realistic that everything is organic because it, it takes so much land to raise organic products. And uh, I, I, I know that fertilizer. I look at my tomato plants, my pepper plants, uh, my house plants. Fertilizer makes them thrive and prosper. But people are so concerned about toxins. What do you say to people on this this particular issue, uh, Trent Loose?
5: I have never had concerns about toxins in food. Of course, you know, a, a lo- majority of what we eat I raise myself and I've been a part of in production. Uh, we don't raise wheat and, and mill any flour ourselves, but uh, on 100% of the meat and potatoes, obviously, we grow. But across the, the wider spectrum, you know, I've had this conversation with people within agriculture, particularly about glyphosate, which is the active ingredient in Roundup. And I just want to get more information about what is taking place with that. And the reason is because glyphosate has been tremendous in terms of reducing the amount of pesticides required to produce the same amount of food, more food actually, per acre. But one mechanism that glyphosate does is that it comes in and it it modifies soil health. And so I want to know exactly what's going on with bacteria because it's like an antibiotic. People take an antibiotic and don't realize that there's a negative effect of an antibiotic. Now, you're hoping that when you kill bacteria in your gut, you're killing more bad bacteria than you're killing good bacteria Then you work at rebuilding the bacteria back in your gut so that your gut works right because all things about your health, your immune system, and, and your metabolism all depends on gut health. When you put that concept into soil health and the, the way that glyphosate works at killing the plants that we don't want in our fields you have to wonder how does that work if there's a trace element of glyphosate in your food which you then consume now with that said there are not many foods that humans consume that are actually had glyphosate applied to them because there's only I think the latest is 14 uh, genetically modified crops approved by the USDA or FDA and the wheat, Wheat is the one that really generates a, a big discussion because there is no genetically modified variety of wheat. In some cases in the northern country, farmers will use glyphosate at the end of the season, say there's a frost coming, and, and uh, well, that would not be an accurate statement because wheat is harvested in the summer. But you need to really, they call it burn down, it's to bring about ripening right away. So there could be a glyphosate uh, residue in the wheat, and does that transfer through into the flour, into the person, and what does it do to the gut? Those are questions I just really want to answer. You know, I do not have an opinion of those today.
1: Okay, because this is a big question, and uh, Dr. Jack is hes doing these great courses, IPAC-EDU, and one of them was toxins in our food. And so, yeah, these are important questions. The other thing is, though, is... I think that we forget because we've had the luxury of not going hungry that the American farmer has done things to, to get higher production so that we can feed more people. And if the trade off is starvation versus some toxins in the food, I, I probably would take toxins in the food uh, because um, starvation uh, <laughs> is certainly deadly.
5: It's somewhat terminal, uh, but and this would be the first statistic that I shared with you the first day I was on the air, and it's probably time to revisit it. In 1900, it required 10 acres of land to produce enough food to feed one person for a year, 10 acres per person. In 2023, it will take less than a third of an acre to produce the same amount of food to feed one person for a year. So that speaks to the technological advancements that you're talking about. And while people want to get all wonky-eyed and worried about pesticides when they hear pesticides, I'm sitting here talking to you drinking coffee, and caffeine and coffee is a pesticide, which is why I put it on my garden, which is why I use the coffee grounds after I boil my coffee on the stove to control the pest in the field. So we, we can't be all worried about pesticides because pesticides have improved human life.
1: I think the mistrust, and, and you know what, I think I'm, I'm going to leave that out there as um, as our cliffhanger there, um, Trent Luce, because there is a, a real mistrust after we've gone through this whole COVID thing. And uh, we're having these important discussions because of great sponsors, and one of those is Boesen Law. That's B-O-E-S-E-N, Bosun Law.
6: Boson Law is a local law firm dedicated to helping injured individuals in Denver and the surrounding areas fight for the justice they deserve. Boson Law focuses on personalized representation tailored to your unique situation with one-on-one attention and counsel and consistent communication. Boson Law personal injury attorneys have extensive trial experience and have successfully represented clients against the interests of powerful corporations, manufacturers, insurance companies, and government agencies. Contact Boson Law at 303-999-9999 for a complimentary in-person consultation. Again, that number is 303-999-9999. Call now at 303-999-9999. Nine, 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 nine.
1: Stay up to date on issues in public health and science by signing up and reading Dr. James Lyons-Weiler's latest articles at Popular Rationalism on Substack. Find more information about Popular
8: Rationalism at KimMunson.com.
0: All of Kim's sponsors are an in inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of The Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's KimMunson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com.
1: And welcome back to The Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is KimMunson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter can email me at kim at kim com as well thank you to all of you who support us we're an independent voice we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force force versus freedom if something's a good idea you should not have to force people to do it and uh, be sure and check out the center for american values they are located in pueblo colorado on the beautiful pueblo Riverwalk. Uh, focused on a couple of things first of all honoring Uh, Our Medal of Honor recipients, they have um, their portraits of valor, which are portraits of over 160 Medal of Honor recipients and quotes by each of them, which we are highlighting uh, from their Medal of Honor quote book each day. Uh, And then also educational uh, programs so that we can understand and we can teach our children these values of our Medal of Honor recipients, and that is honor, integrity, and patriotism. So be sure and check out AmericanValueCenter.org. That is their website, AmericanValueCenter.org. Trent Luce, sixth-generation farmer and rancher. I, I, I grew up in rural Kansas. I have an appreciation for the American farmer, the American rancher, and feeding people, and uh, the uh, production has has gone up so significantly, and we were, I think, getting to a point where almost er- eradicating star uh, hunger in a, many many parts of the world, and um, th- that's really has has been the goal. And, and pesticides, herbicides, uh, uh, new innovations in farming techniques have all contributed to that. And I always loved that, but after going through the COVID thing and uh, looking at this jab that was being coerced and forced upon people and realizing that there might be those that are in these industries that might not have our our best interests in mind. there's Now I kind of have this mistrust, and I know a lot of people do, regarding um, those in power and and our food source. How would you address that?
5: Well, first of all, the whole term organic has been hijacked. I've been very fortunate to spend a lot of time with, uh, we call them crop dusters. They they apply crops from an aerial standpoint, and they've done a wonderful job at applying very little chemical to get the same job done. And I was walking through the difference. I'm sorry, I left out part. I'm speaking in Louisville, Kentucky, a few years ago, to 1,000 crop dusters from around this nation. So it's, it's their big annual event and it's a great group of guys it's majority guys and I was talking about this this whole hijacking of term organic and what organic really is and that if you go to the USDA website the list of approved chemicals to apply to crops organic crops is longer than the Constitution and after the meeting I, I spoke at breakfast I I clearly remember at noon, there was a table that was there, and they had one empty seat. And there were 12 guys sitting around that table, one more seat. They invited me to sit down, and they were all California crop dusters. And they said, Mr. Lewis, we appreciate you telling the truth, but we kind of like you to keep it quiet because we make a living on organic food production in California. And you can go to the California website, Department of Ag website, and they will share that there's four times more chemicals applied to organic food production than there is conventional food production. And that speaks to the point you were making, that we get all concerned and and we're scared to death of some chemical being applied when, in fact, the most vital chemical in our life, water, H2O, kills more people annually than any other chemical in the world. But yet we still drink water on a daily basis because it's essential. It's a matter of keeping all of these things in perspective. And when it comes to toxins and pollutants, dilution is the solution. The problem isn't a toxin. The problem is what's the, the intensity of the toxin and whatever that food may be you're consuming. So when people say there's toxins in my food, what toxin? What are we talking about? Because there are several toxins. You know, E. coli 015787 is a deadly E. coli strain that if you have too much of it in your system, it'll make you sick, good possibly, Uh, and and we've seen this in Colorado through the years with melons and different things. But at the same time, if you don't have E. coli working in your body and in your system, you're going to die because E. coli is vital to human health. Different strains at the wrong level will be extremely detrimental. But it's about balancing all of those things in life, and I think that speaks to what you were just describing.
1: Okay, and one thing I always thought my mom was a little crazy uh, as far as she was would always wash all the produce, even bananas, uh, before she served it. And this was, you know, this was a long time ago, and but she was really onto something when you mentioned the um, I think it was the E. coli on the melons. If people would have come home and just washed Wash the melon before they cut into it. This is my understanding. Uh, wash it with some soap and water. Uh, you would not have that risk. And so I have gotten to a point where I wash all, all my food before I you know, serve it. And I think that people have some personal responsibility to do that.
3: What do you think?
5: It's documented that 98% of all foodborne illnesses are caused by inappropriate handling of the food before consumption. That might be in your home. That might be in the food service area, the restaurant that you go to, but you've nailed it. And the, the data is clear. Ninety-eight percent comes from improper handling.
1: Okay. And so my mom was on to something quite some time ago. Okay, she next question. as crazy
5: as you thought she was, Kim.
1: No, exactly, exactly. And,
5: and the funny thing is you thought she was crazy, and yet you're copying her actions i know
1: it's funny that is for sure in more ways than one uh, uh, so uh, one of our listeners eric had sent this over this headline that tyson is closing four chicken processing plants across the u.s uh, i'm concerned about that and is it doesn't it, uh, the chinese have a ownership interest in tyson so what's your thoughts on that
5: Tyson's a publicly traded company uh, from the stock exchange. I, I don't, I have not looked up who actually owns Tyson. It started by Don Tyson from Arkansas.
3: Okay. Um,
5: Thank I, you for clarifying. I, know, I want to make sure I'm right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why they're closing those plants. My guess, right off the bat, would be the same reason everybody else is struggling in business, and that is labor.
1: Okay. Well, I'm concerned, again, from a food source standpoint. Uh, And I guess this, I know that labor is a real problem. And, uh, but ultimately, this constricting of our food supply is going to play out that I think people, well, prices will go up, but then people will, could go hungry. Um, I know that's a strong statement, but I'm so concerned about this.
5: Mm -hmm. I was just looking this up. That uh, Tyson just this week was announced here. Right on top of it, I probably can't look at it quick enough to see why they're claiming that there. It says that in order to reduce costs and make it more efficient. I don't, in any way, shape, or form, can believe it, that there's a reduction in the demand for chicken, which is what they're trying to say here. That that's simply not true. We're, we're seeing an increase in milk, meat, and egg products across the board, and. Kind of to change the subject, this week we also see where those fake protein uh, substitutes, which everybody's everybody supposedly moving to, are growing broke left and right. And a couple of the, of the biggest name brands in that realm have lost 30% of their equity and are, are literally going out of business. And at the same time, you have governments throwing money into grants trying to artificially create something to be competitive. All of that leads to what you just asked me in the question. It leads to the lack of resources available to feed the people. Because we're not going to make those work, and they're not as healthy for you as products that God created in being a chicken, and animal, and the products that we can grow from the land. It's pretty simple. Just maintain the cycle of life. Everything is here for a reason. Everything lives. Everything dies. And death with a purpose gives full meaning to life. That's what we need to keep on the forefront.
1: Okay, and um, I, I wanted to make a clarification because we do want to get this right, and, and, and I I think I was incorrect regarding saying that China uh, had an ownership in Tyson Foods. I did just see this. This was a headline by Jim Cramer, you know, the the stock guy. This was back in 2020, and the headline was Tyson Foods may be the biggest winner from the U.S.-China trade deal, but I uh, did want to clarify that I was incorrect to infer uh, that, and I do like to get I, it I right. Know-
5: Okay, I can can tell you why you were wrong. Smithfield Foods, (laughs) the largest pork producer in the United States, is 100% owned by WH Group, which is from Hong Kong, and that is Chinese-owned. So you you confuse Smithfield Foods and all the Smithfield hams and the Smithfield pork products you see, those are from Chinese-owned pigs.
1: Okay, thank you for that clarification. And, again, my friends, I do like to get this right, so uh, it is so important. So Tyson Foods, um, closing these uh, these plants, And uh, one of the other headlines said that this is a blow to some of these small communities. What's your thoughts on that, Trent?
5: Yeah, there's no doubt that will be the case. And I have found them north Little Rock, Arkansas, on Indiana, Dexter, Missouri, and Knoll, Missouri. No doubt it will be a, a major a bomb to those communities. It depends. You know, I wouldn't think they would do this long term, but again, I don't know enough. The only thing I really know is what I'm seeing here in their the press release and what they're talking about, but I will go to work and get some more factual information for next week.
1: Well, I can't believe that I scooped something, and and we. You I have did. to give Eric. In yeah, I have to get. Yeah, exactly. To scoop uh, Trent loose, that takes a lot of a lot of doing to make that happen. And uh, I wanted to mention the USMC Memorial Foundation. They are raising the money for the Marine remo- uh, Memorial Remodel, uh, and it is located out at Sixth and Colfax. It was dedicated in 1977, so it's time for a facelift. Paula Sarles, who is the president of the USMC Memorial Foundation, and her team are working diligently on this. And Paula is... Um, Uh, She is a Marine veteran as well as a Gold Star wife. And uh, you can help them by going to USMCMemorialFoundation.org and make a contribution. Again, that's USMCMemorialFoundation.org. And uh, the show comes to you because of great sponsors. I know each and every one of them personally and highly recommend them. And one of those is uh, John Lennon. He is the owner of Johnny Stubbs Heating and Air Conditioning Services.
4: It's Colorado. We want warm homes in the winter and cool, comfortable homes in the summer. Johnny Stubb Services is the heating and air conditioning company to call to ensure that your heating and cooling systems run efficiently and last for years. Johnny Stubb Services' team of experts provide proper guidance to help you make informed decisions about your heating and cooling needs. Kim Munson highly recommends Johnny Stubb Services. Schedule your air conditioning check before summer arrives at johnnystubbservices.com and receive a great gift. That's johnnystubbservices.com.
6: You want to be proactive about protecting your home and family in light of high crime and uncertain times. You need to go to Franktown Firearms. As a family-owned and family-friendly gun store and range, Franktown Firearms invites you to train and learn together. They want you and your family to be safe and confident in using the firearms you purchase. And while most ranges will teach you to shoot down a straight line, Franktown offers a more tactical approach where you're walking, ducking, drawing in more realistic scenarios and always with safety as a top priority. Training your family to defend themselves is an important process. You need a patient and experienced trainer to work with. Franktown Firearms offers group classes, one-on-one training, and special shooting events like Tactical Fun Night to improve your skill and have fun while you're at it. Visit klzradio.com franktown and schedule your family's training today. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made.
1: Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure to check out our website. That is Kim Munson, dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We are the uh, independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Trent Luce, sixth-generation farmer and rancher, is on the line, and uh, we talk with him every week about rural Colorado, rural America that uh, feeds and powers our lives. And uh, we've got a caller, John Galt. Is on the line, and he has a question for you, Trent, Lou's John. What's your question?
5: His name is not John Galt, Kim. I'm not buying that. Who is John Galt?
7: John Galt. We are all John Galt. Um, So, good morning, Kim and Trent, and God bless you both for being here. Um, Trent, I I listened to to you on Kim's show a number of times, and I think it was two or three weeks ago. You were talking about how uh, there are giant corporations purchasing. Farmlands from individuals and leaving that land in some not-so-good condition. Uh, and I think I saw some of that, and I wanted to ask you about it. So I was traveling from uh, Denver to Garden City, Kansas, uh, via Lamar, and noticed uh, on my way back uh, on 287, I was traveling between Lamar and Lyman, and there was a stretch 20 or 30 miles long uh, that was desolate. Uh, I mean, were, it was interesting because there was fence lines uh, every once in a while, there'd be a, a green patch of property, and there were some crops growing there, but the vast majority of land was desolate, meaning nothing was growing. You could see that nothing had grown there for at least a year, maybe longer. A uh, few stubs in the ground, but there was no weeds. There was no grass. There was sand blowing on the ground, or, or maybe dust. I didn't get out and look at it, uh, but off in the distance were these giant dust clouds, and you know it reminded me of all I'd heard from the past about you know the Great Dust Bowl. And I'm wondering what that was and if that's going to get worse.
5: Wow. It should, not, it should not get worse because that is not the trend. What we see happening today, which is a very positive trend, and this is why despite the temperatures that parallel the Dust Bowl, we've not had relive the Dust Bowl, is that more farmers are planting cover crops because we know the greatest environmental risk to our own property is when we leave exposed ground at any point in time, whether that be summer, winter, whatever the case may be. So the trend across the country is that uh, we never have exposed ground other than when you plant a crop and until that crop comes up. Beyond that, I would not know why you would, would have seen that particular situation. You know, my initial thought was that it was a CRP land. They're getting paid to not farm it, but that would not have been tilled. So that's pretty... I, I'm, I'm
7: puzzled. I don't know what the situation there may be. Yeah, if you get a chance, take a look at it. It's 287, uh, pretty close to Lamar.
2: The
7: the yeah. other
5: option could be that uh, there was a wheat harvest that had taken place this summer on that land. And maybe they came in and had just recently planted a, a new crop that had just not come up yet. Yeah, and that's the that's only rationale I can think of.
7: You could see you could see stubble from where there had been corn, bit been in the past, you know what that looks like after a year. Yeah. And and it was yeah. it was sand on the ground, ripples. You know, it's just like on a like on an ocean floor. Ripples wow. of sand was wind blown, for miles, twenty thirty miles.
1: Hmm. We'll have to check that out, John. Thank you. That is uh, perplexing um, because. Because farmers take care of their land. They want to make sure that they are good stewards of the land. And that, that's, is perplexing. I haven't seen it, but that is perplexing, uh, Trent Luce, because, uh, as you know, farmers and ranchers, they care deeply about their, uh, their land and and their livestock, which brings up a question. And I gotten an email from one of our listeners that was was didn't really like feedlots very much. And uh, I certainly know that there is an odor uh, from feedlots, um, but I also like that people can eat. Uh, so what would your what's your response to people that say feedlots are they're inhumane and that they um, are unhealthy what would you say
5: anybody who says that's never actually toured a feedlot or visit with the people that manage a feedlot if we want to talk about uh, care of animals and making sure they have a- adequate availability of what they need which is protection and food you can do that in a feedlot very efficiently if you want to talk about overall efficiency taking a set amount of food and feeding a steer or a market heifer, and perfect diet every single day is documented to be the most efficient way. And I'm I, I re- reluctant to use this data because I, I don't want to put a negative light on anybody in food production, but if you look at what's going on in uh, emissions, which now I'm to the point, Kim, where I think we need more emissions because we're trying to restrict emissions, and emissions are all plant food. They're not a negative thing. But in terms of the amount of food produced per uh, input and being feed, a feedlot does that more efficiently than anything you can put a cow in, a, in an environment of. Now, with that said, what gets lost is that people think that these cattle have been in this feedlot and they've just been fed this their entire life. Seventy percent of any steer that comes out of a feed yard, a feedlot, 70 percent of their diet still came from a forage a grazing aspect before they got into that feed yard. It's only in the last part of the feeding phase for the feedlot efficiency, the benefit of the whole system. This is part of the contributing factor to 10 acres of land to produce enough food to feed one person in 1900 compared to today less than a third of an acre. This is one of the contributing factors to that. So I, I would be glad to find a feedlot for anybody to go visit with the managers and see how well these animals are cared for, how they're monitored every single day. There's people riding through there, looking at them. Pen riders are just—they're they're absolutely very skilled in what they do. Then they are animal husbandry people first. Well, uh, and Kim, I, I'll follow up on that, but okay, I, okay. I wanted to say one thing before we run out of time. I, during the break, the last break, I did a little digging on this Tyson thing. I want to tell you that I'm not a Tyson fan, and I'm not. I haven't been a Tyson fan, and I went out of my way. In fact, you can find an article I wrote in 2013 that I told farmers stop selling to Tyson. The reason is that Tyson tried to be a leader in doing what we now call woke kind of things, and they were asking that all suppliers to Tyson have a third-party audit. We want to make sure that your animals are being treated properly. You don't need some third party to tell me that this feedlot or this chicken farm or this pig farm is taking care of these animals right. And Tyson has always been on the edge of trying to do things from the ESG score, which ESG doesn't stand for what you thought it stands for. It stands for Earth Starvation Gimmick. But they've tried to do implement all of these things that come about to give them a market advantage And now it's very clear to me that the reason they're shutting down four processing plants, the reason they shut down two corporate offices, one in Chicago and one in Dakota Dunes, South Dakota, is because they've not been doing what the market indicated. They've been trying to do what the financial entities, the Black Rocks of the world, want them to do. And consequently, to your point, which is spot on where you even started this conversation, they're now spending more on things that don't matter to producing food than if they would just stay focused on supply and demand and rewarding the farmers for being a part of the system. This is where we're headed with all of food production if we allow these continued nonsense formulas to come up about who's got the ESG score that's a net carbon zero. Well, net carbon zero is death. We can't continue to pursue that.
1: Uh, and CO2 is plant food. And uh, so this idea that we're going to restrict plant food, I mean, just connect these dots. If we restrict uh, plant food and can't grow plants, I mean, this this whole big circle of life. And so what we're realizing is really this whole, I hadn't, what would you say, earth starvation gimmick is what ESG is. Correct. But, gosh, is this another component of this? go woke, go broke, Um I, I had the headline on, it and we haven't talked about it, but Anheuser-Busch, because of these terrible decisions that were made by management, mid-management, people are losing their livelihoods, they're losing their jobs, and in fact, Anheuser-Busch now is selling off, I think, uh, eight of the craft brands that they... Um, that, that they had purchased, and they're selling that off to a Canadian cannabis company now. And so it, this this mismanagement, uh, I think is as, as people are really, I think they're waking up to this, this wokeness, does not care about employees, does not care about uh, the consumer, and it's playing out. So we've got just a, a couple of minutes left. How would you like to button this up, Trent?
0: Well, you know,
5: all of these things that we bring to your attention, it, it, we control the purse strings. I, I saw a story earlier this morning that there's a bar and grill in near Fort Worth in Roanoke, Texas, that's picking up shop and leaving the community they're in because they tried to do things. They had a drag queen show for kids in a bar and grill. And the people in the area said, we're more conservative than this. We're not going to go do business there anymore. They're leaving. That's the answer. When you see somebody who's doing something that doesn't align with your values – do not do business with them. We control the future if we will just do it instead of saying, well, I don't agree with them, but i got to have it because, I, well, i got to have it. That's not the answer. You can find it somewhere else. Do business with people who align with your values.
1: Well, and then one other thing. We had a situation where the county that I'm in, Douglas County uh, Commissioners, actually awarded a grant to a, uh, a group that has been putting on drag shows. And so this idea that this, these, this whole government grant thing, we need to get this whole thing turned back. And um, we actually we'd had, and I need to get them on again, Wade Miller with the uh, Center for Renewing America. They're back in the D.C. area. And they said that it, we could actually balance the, the federal budget in 10 years if we uh, would stop using government money, our money, to um, to um, push this woke agenda. So that's going to be a discussion for another time, Trent Luce. It is always great to have you on the show, and uh, you certainly are willing to bite off every subject that our listeners put forward, and I greatly appreciate it.
5: We can talk about it, anything, Kim. God bless the veterans and the farmers who feed us.
1: Absolutely. And that's Trent Luce. And our quote for the end of the show is from Patrick Hen- Henry, one of our founding fathers. And he said this. He said, we are not weak if we make proper use of those means which the God of nature has placed in our power. The battle, sir, is not to the strong alone. It is to the vigilant, the active and the and the brave. So, my friends, today be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America.
7: young like a new moon rising fierce through the rain and lightning wandering out into this great unknown and i don't want no one to cry but tell them if
8: i don't survive